Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Steph Langdon, a registered dietitian and entrepreneur who has created the inspiring and very valuable What Arties Do interview series. A few months after starting this podcast, I connected with a lot of registered dietitians and a colleague suggested I follow Steph because of the similar passion we share of inspiring other dietitians. When I started digging into her What Arties Do series, I really started reconnecting to why I wanted to be an RD in the first place. Steph has over 190 interviews in her series and highlights all the amazing journeys of fellow dietitians. What is even more great about Steph is she is a mom first, dietitian second, and has a sincere passion for advocating for our profession. Please enjoy my conversation with Steph. As our promotion of dietitians, I wanted to get to know you a little bit more. So thank you for taking time to do this with me. Yeah, thank you very much. I was thinking the same thing. We're sort of helping other people share their stories in our own way. So it's neat that we were able to do it for each other and cross paths. Yes, exactly. Well, I would love to get to know more about you. So maybe take me back to when you kind of decided um, you wanted to be into diet, wanted to go into dietetics and just kind of more about your path to dietetics. For sure. So I was already in college and university. Um, I was into sciences, so I was taking a lot of the prereqs anyways, but didn't know what I was going to do. I was probably headed down a road to physiology. I was an athlete, uh, sort of always did lots of different things throughout my life, but at the time um, was focused on volleyball. Um, And then I was like, well, what does a person do with a physiology degree? And I took Nutrition 101, which I've seen this story in a lot of the interviews I've had, like that first introductory class in university. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I can go home. It's practical. I can apply these things right away. And when I'm done, I would be a dietitian. Like to me, I was just like, that makes sense versus a degree in such and such science that I didn't necessarily know what career that would be attached to. Um, So I applied for our college and um, didn't even really know much about the field or dietetics in Canada. Um, and later on, I learned that we had a very unique program because our internship was integrated. So um, it was a, even like a sought after thing, only 25 spots. Um, but yeah, a lot of it, I think, came from my sport background and general interest. And you played sports in college as well, correct? In yes. university. Yeah, so okay. I'm a born and busy. <laughs> I was. I'm a born and raised uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan girl. Um, and while I was in college, I was also a member of our national team playing for Team Canada. So um, it was a weird even start to my nutrition degree because the first term that I should have been meeting my other 24 fellow students, I was living in Winnipeg training in a gym. Um, because that year our national team season went until December. So I joined the group late. I joined in January and actually got to meet my fellow classmates. Um, and we were a small group, but it was still like, I don't know, I still felt I was focused on volleyball, but also doing my degree. So it was a little bit different for me, for sure. Sure. That's very, well, that's like having a full-time job, two full-time jobs, basically. Yeah, it was, I, I don't think I could go back and find this the time or energy to do it all over again. <laughs> 
<laughs> you made it through though. That's yes. good. And then so, I think sorry. it's been, Oh, no, go ahead. No, go sorry. Go ahead with the next question or whatever. I was just no, I was just going to say so I think that's interesting that you really didn't have dietetics on your radar until you kind of got into or until you were doing sports and then you kind of you kind of fell into it like you said a lot of people do. Yeah, um, it like it was definitely in the wheelhouse of things I was interested in, but I don't think like I may have crossed paths with a dietitian in sports at a, like in high school or something. But um, I had always any career day we had had or any time I had sort of explored a career or talked to someone about something, I often ended up disappointed. Like I was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. So I didn't really know <laughs> what I was going to end up doing. I just knew I liked science and it sort of led me down that road. Yeah. So did you like, when you got into more of your combined program, did you really feel like it was a good fit? Did it seem like it was exactly what you were looking for? It did. Like, I remember some of the, like, biochemistry and stuff definitely being challenging. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And there was, <laughs> I was already starting to, like, feel like clinical probably wasn't going to be where I wanted to work. And I was so focused on sport that I was like, I'm going to be a sport dietitian. This is going to be what I do. Um, but that's another place where Canada and the U.S. are or were very different in that we don't have a lot of full-time sport dietitian jobs. Like not all of our colleges have on-staff dietitians or anything like that. Um, so I was very aware once I was in studying um, that if I wanted to be a sport dietitian, I was likely going to have to go into private practice. That was going to be the route if that was what I wanted to do. So, um, yeah, I definitely felt like it was the right path for me and then sort of picking what that was going to be in the actual work setting was, I guess I was laying the, the stepping stones to figuring that out as I was going through. Sure. How long was your program that you attended? Uh, well, I did five years undergrad. Um, cause I think that's what we were required anyways, but I had done a year of arts and sciences before I figured out I wanted to apply um, but then I was, again, the odd one out. So as my classmates started their internship, I said, hey, I'm going to go play volleyball in Finland. I'm going to come back and finish this oh. degree later, um, which my academic advisors were sort of like, what? No, you need to finish. And I was just like, no, I might not always be able to play sports. I need to do this. Right. Um, and I sort of explored, like, hey, what does this mean if I'm deferring or delaying? Because there's only 25 students and they have spots for 25 students uh, for internships. And they said, well, fine, as long as if you finish within three years, you'll still be good, but we can't guarantee you a spot. It all depends on how many students come through in the following years. Um, but I was just like, yeah, this is what I got to do. I want to go try playing a year of professional sports. Um, so I went and did that and I tried to take my textbooks and still keep up on everything. <sighs> Um, so instead of convocating in 2007, I actually was able to come back a couple years later and I convocated in 2010. Um, so it, it again delayed things. The interns that the other fellow dietetic interns I was with were not people I'd done undergrad with. So again, I was sort of the odd one out. Um, but it was of course a very welcoming group and I was able to finish within the time that they had said I needed to finish. Uh, and then it was sort of funny because when I said I was going to play sports, they were like, what are you doing? And then when I came back and finished, they were like, oh, it's so great. You went and did that. And I was just like, ah, <laughs> it's it's so hard. Like, I get that you guys are coming from the academic side. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I felt like I was able to do it in my own way. And I had then sort of three years to figure out, OK, do I want to do private practice or what am I going to what's this going to look like when I actually finally go back and finish everything up? Sure. 
I think that's such a great thing that you you just said, I need to go do this and I need to take time off from school. I still want to finish, but this is also part of my passion. And I really want to go see how that works out too. Yeah, it was just, I, I don't know. It was just like you say, probably passion and I just needed to do it. And I played for one season and then I think I was sort of like, okay, it's time to do real world grown up things and go get a job and um, see what, <laughs> see what that's all about. <laughs> <laughs> I think well and I'm sure you don't regret it one bit do you like would you have regretted it more if you wouldn't have done it yeah I think so because that was yeah um I think especially as a Canadian athlete like I only knew a couple people that had done it and while I had been on our national team I think it was always in my head that someday I'm gonna play a professional season see what that's like um yeah I think I definitely would have regretted if I hadn't done that on my own terms and I think, I don't know, like with your experience with dietetic, just all your interviews, I think we can get really obsessed with that goal of being a dietitian, but maybe it's good to take a step back every once in a while, just to kind of, maybe if you need some time off, like, don't be scared to do that because you're, you can still have some time to finish and still become that registered dietitian. Right. And I, I honestly don't know if that's different in different provinces, different states, different countries, sort of that time mm-hmm. frame. And I know some people worked so hard even to get a placement in an internship. So um, I was lucky that I was able to do that, but I agree. Like um, there's potentially some time and I've come across so many second career dietitians, which they Mm -hmm. are working at something else. And then they decide to either part-time or full-time go back and be a student. And that's a huge um, decision they've had to make for themselves too, but they've figured out what that path looks like and they've, explored it in their own unique way. Like there's no one way to becoming a dietitian for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you had your, your few years, when you were contemplating what your career was going to look like, what were you drawn to and what did you kind of end up starting in? Well, I, sport was on my mind, but I tried to be very open-minded as I went into internship as well, because we needed to complete all the different areas. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm not going to go into clinical saying, I'm not going to be a clinical dietitian. What if I fall in love with it? What if that's where I'm meant to be? Or, so I tried to be really open um, to everything. Um, but it was sort of always in the back of my mind that I was going to do one-on-ones. That was what I wanted to do working with athletes. And I still even remember it might've been on our actual convocation day when everyone, like some people had jobs lined up, some people were still searching and, um, and, and, they knew that I was going to start my own thing. And I think someone said, Oh, you're so lucky. That's so easy. And I was like, are you kidding me? I have no idea how to run a business. This is all like (laughs) new territory. I was like, it is not the easy decision. If you want to do this private practice world with me, please don't do it because you think it's easy. Like, um, it, I guess the time I had, I didn't have a lot of entrepreneurial people in my life. So it was all new to me, but I I had that three years to sort of think about what am I going to have to do? What is this going to look like? Um, And it didn't feel like a last minute decision. Um, And I know I've come across people like I had reached out to other dietitians at the time that I knew in Canada had practices. And I said, Hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Am I crazy to do this right out of internship? And some of them said, no, just do it. It's always going to be scary. It's always going to be hard to, work for yourself or some of them would say, well, I went the clinical route or I did this job first and then I gradually worked into my private practice. So again, there's no one way to be an entrepreneur. 
Um, but for me, it was, that was the only thing I did. I convocated and I started learning and I went into private practice right away. That's really awesome. I think that's great that you, you, it was scary, but you took the leap and you're like, I'm just going to do it. Cause this is what I feel like I'm drawn to. Yeah. And then I think like I did that, that was in 2010. Um, and my, my now husband, he was there along, like we met our first year of university. So he was with me through all of these different things, but he always would remind me like one of the key things about working for yourself is that what you're doing can evolve. So you can start learning like, Oh, Hey, I don't really love this area. Maybe I can pivot and work in this area. Like he's like, you're not stuck doing the same thing. If you don't like it, you can change, which, um, I think was a really good reminder because I would have days where I'd be like, Oh, this is amazing. I work for myself and days where I would be like, what did I do? I have no idea what's going on. And like full of so many ideas and like trying to figure out what I wanted to focus on or what was actually going to be the best use of my time. And, um, he's always been a great support. So it's helpful to definitely have that person to be a sounding board when you're sort of your lonely Island on your own. Absolutely. What did you, did you kind of take any kind of patient? Did you, like you said, did you kind of kind of dry everything at once and then kind of figure out where you wanted to actually be when it came to your, your private practice? I feel like for me, it was a lot of trial and error. Um, there again, weren't a lot of private practice dietitians. It's not that long ago, but the city I'm from is a little bit slower at getting into things. So bigger cities in Canada had private practice dietitians that were like household names to me and um, no one around me was really doing it. So as much as I wanted to be a sport dietitian, I sort of ended up being a general dietitian and just taking people on because I was like, okay, I need to make money. I need to, you know, get going at this. But at the same time, I knew that I didn't want to be a generalist because in my head, I'm like, well, if I know little bits of lots of things, I don't feel like that's a great use of my time or anyone else's time. Like we should be specializing. We shouldn't say we can do it all because then there's only so much we can know. So sports was definitely always on my mind. And I thought I wanted to do one-on-ones. And then just with trial and error, I guess I felt it just wasn't for me. I don't know if um, I just get too invested in people or I'm just too emotionally attached. I just found it so draining trying to, um, help all these individual people that, um, I mean, now there's so many different things I know that dietitians do in private practice, but I was thinking that's what I wanted to do. And then all of a sudden I was like, I, one-on-ones are not for me. They're probably for someone else. And I think that can be a strength of someone else. Um, but I eventually learned that I didn't think that was for me, it was just too draining and too time consuming for me, I guess. Uh, I, I totally can register with you on that because <laughs> it is. I mean, humans take a lot of your energy. And then when it's not just about food anymore, I feel like it trickles into other problems and issues. And then you become more of a therapist sometimes. Absolutely. And I've heard people say, well, I say I'm a food therapist or I say I'm a food counselor. And there are people who have those psychology backgrounds too, because absolutely there's so much connected to food and often food was just a very small part of those conversations. It is. It is. Yeah. There's something, I don't know, you probably had some too, where I would, I have like um, meetings with people and we don't even talk about food, like don't even address it in a, in one of our consultations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, Sometimes they just need someone to talk to and yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you, you quickly realize one-on-ones just weren't your jam. You didn't love them. So like you talked about your husband saying, you know, you can evolve and you can change your business. How did that change for you after you discovered that? 
Right. So I feel fortunate. And I think for a lot of people, it is sort of who you meet along the way or the different connections and that whole idea of networking and reaching out to people. Um, so with my sports stuff, we did have one um, Canadian sports center dietitian who was local, who was a great um, sort of almost mentor to get me started in things. And through her, I met people um, through one of our local agriculture commodity groups um, for dairy. And they at the time actually were sponsoring sport nutrition presentations for high school age students, just talking about general, like how can we fuel our athletes? Um, so I was able to get in touch with these people. And then as much as I am definitely an introvert and doing presentations would never have been the thing I said, would have said like, yes, me, please. Um, that, that ended up being where I started spending time. So instead of the one-on-ones, I felt like I was reaching a group, um, and I was able to tailor my message. I didn't feel like someone was telling me what I had to say. They were always very open to, Hey, you're the expert. Um, like give us feedback. What, like the milk was part of the message, but I didn't feel like I was ever pushing milk on people. Like I could talk about different options. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, so I sort of moved away from the one-on-ones into some group presentations, still connected with sport. And then that led to a lot of travel around our province, actually, because I would go any school could sort of reach out and say, Hey, we'd love to have you. And I had a budget, so I would just go and do however many presentations I could while I was there, drive home. So it was a lot of time on the road, but I got to see a lot of corners of my own home province that I had never even been to. Um, And then through that group, they were actually so supportive and Stephanie is great. So they would tell other commodity groups. Um, So then I ended up doing a couple local media things um, for our egg producers. And in the end, I worked um, with Sask Mustard, uh, which I di- didn't even really know much about mustard. I'm from an agriculture-based <laughs> place, but I'm not a farm girl by any means. I'm totally a city girl. Um, so it just kept evolving as I met different people. Um, and then I guess almost four and a half years ago, I had my daughter. So that sort of changed uh, things too, because I took, I think just about three months where I said, I'm not going to work and then sort of got back into things. But um, being an entrepreneur and a mom, I was trying to be more particular about what I was saying yes to and starting to learn to say no to the things that weren't the right fit. Um, So that even eventually evolved into more communications and social media type roles, which again, if you would have originally asked me, that is not where I thought it would have ended up. But It gave me flexible hours. Um, It allowed me to still work from, excuse me, work from home. And um, it was still nutrition messaging, but it was different. It definitely moved away from sport near the end. But um, then Mm -hmm. I had my son and like it just for where my life was at, these different evolutions. And again, that idea of learning to say no for me um, proved to be a really good thing. Well, and I and I have said this. A bajillion times as dietitians, I feel like we say we tr- we say yes to too many things, and I really love that you you are a person that has embraced saying no to make to give your life exactly what you want out of your life. Like you still going to be a dietitian, but I noticed like on your webpage too, like you are a mom first, which is what I love about your messaging because you're a dietitian second, and right. that's you know what we kind of were talking over email, you were like, well, I, you know, I, I don't actually work as a dietitian anymore, but, um, you know, I still am interested and I think that's okay to not be a dietitian first. 
Right. And it's definitely different. And I agree. We are definitely of a personality type that will take on things and will say like, I'm going to dig deep. I can figure this out. I'll do it. Whereas there might be someone else who's better suited for it. And I think, Mm -hmm. um, as a new grad, you do think you need to say yes to everything and take everything on, um, or that's how I felt. And I think we are seeing more specialized people or we are feeling confident enough in ourselves to start referring to our colleagues Mm -hmm. like, Hey, maybe I work in gut health and maybe you're the cardiovascular expert. So let's refer back and forth. Like, I think we have to learn to trust each other and to know that there is plenty of work for all of us out there. Um, but yeah, my, my role as mom, um, I mean, I always said I wanted to be a mom. We moved to the States when my son was five weeks old, just by the time my husband's work visa figured oh out God. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, crazy whirlwind. We've been here almost two years now, but moving with two young children. Um, and because I am a dependent on his visa, I actually can't work. So that was sort of out of my control. Um, and we don't know our long-term plans. So, I mean, obviously I could write the American exam and I could figure those sort of things out because it's not that different in Canada and U S have different agreements there. But right now I'm just trying to embrace that role. Um, but my series does definitely help me stay connected. Like I feel like I'm still meeting, I mean, it's online meeting, but I'm still meeting a lot of dietitians around the world. I still totally embrace my credential, not knowing where that may take me in the future, but knowing that, you know, I worked hard for that and that does still mean something. And, um, yeah, trying sort of taking the backseat role and getting to support and promote all the other great things dietitians are doing. So it's definitely a different role for me. I think I did not know that about um, the visa situation, that if you're on his visa, that you cannot actually work while you're in the United States. And it's just, I think, the unique visa that he's on. There's, I okay. I don't understand the whole world, but we're on a, <laughs> a Canadian-American one. Um, he just applied for a different kind, so that might change what it means. But yeah, on this sure. particular one, because we had explored, like, well, I'm a Canadian. I have a Canadian business. Like I still own the rights to my business in Saskatoon and all those things. And it was just sort of like, no, straight across the board. So yeah. <laughs> well, okay though. It, it kind of sounds like you're, you're really okay with that though. Like you are fine. Like you said, connecting with other dietitians, but maybe just focusing on, on your family right now. Yeah. And I, for me, that makes sense. I, I mean, I, around Mother's Day, there's so many things about the different ways to be a mom. And same thing for being a private practice dietitian. Like some people love it because of the flexibility. I remember I would be like, wow, I get to walk my dog in the middle of the day. Who can do that? Like that's some of the flexibility <laughs> of working for yourself. Um, and for some people that is to spend, like to be able to drop their kids off or pick their kids up. And um, yeah, because my because I now, maybe I'm older and more experienced I have confidence in knowing I did a lot of different things as an entrepreneur um, that maybe something will come up in the future that will be the right fit. But for now, trying to embrace that mom role and um, yeah, go with it, I guess. (laughs) Well, and then moving too. I mean, you moved, you, you moved your whole life from Canada to the States. So that had to be a huge change as well. Yes. So we left our entire support system, grandparents, um, uncles, aunts, all that sort of thing. Um, So the idea of being mom, I mean, that had to happen. And we're also in an extremely expensive city. So um, babysitters, nannies, all that sort of thing. Um, It's a whole different playing field here. Um, Yeah. 
yeah, lots of lots of changes within the last couple of years for sure. <laughs> so tell me more about I want you to talk more about kind of how you started doing what Artie's do and kind of where that started, where that fire kind of desire wanting to interview other dietitians came from. When I do feel like it was sort of a, a fire sort of thing, um, I was part of a local, I think we met once a month, potluck dietitian group. It just happened that we were all dietitians, we enjoyed food, and we had a different theme. Like we'd get together and this month we're going to cook French food and we would just um, sit down and have a meal. And I remember at one of the nights, um, someone commented, well, a dietitian can't just blog about food all day and get paid for it. And I was just like, yeah, they can. Like, why do you think that's not a thing? Like, just because you don't do it doesn't mean someone else can't do it. And I was just, it was just this moment where I was just like, okay, if we as dietitians don't even know what dietitians can do, it's no wonder we have people calling us nutritionists or thinking we all work in weight loss. Like, we expect the general public to know, but we don't even know. And I just had this moment of, okay, we got to start talking about this because when I tell someone I'm a dietitian, they will either be like, oh, don't look at what I'm eating or they'll ask, like, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds or like, and I would be like, you don't even know what I do. Um, I'm a dietitian, but that could mean lots of different things, right? So um, yeah, it just sort of was this eye-opening thing and I had no intention of what this was going to be, no long-term plans. That was back in September 2015. Um, I reached out to a couple local people and I just said, hey, like, do you want to share your story? I came up with some questions I wanted to ask. Um, and I had a, a blog that had just been random nutrition musings and recipes and sort of thing. And I just started adding these in and um, it just kept sort of gaining traction. And I was like, oh, wow, people are interested in this. And I think this is very important because when you tell someone you're a dietitian, that could mean so many different things. Um, and then even Dietitians of Canada started working on a sort of rebranding of the profession and trying to help people understand what it was. And I was part of that leadership team for a little while. Um, yeah, I feel like I had no idea where this was going to head. And now I have like 190 interviews with, I think, at least 15 different countries represented, um, and I, part of me feels like it's a little selfish thing because I read them and I get so inspired and so excited about what other people are doing. Um, but I think it's a great resource for current dietitians, for students who don't know what dietitians are, um, for people who might be considering switching professions. Like it's just sort of become this thing that I keep contributing to because all of a sudden there's people interested in it and it's not just me wanting to share it's people that want to learn as well and i love it i feel like it's kind of like reading a dietitian book i don't know like a memoir i you could just sit there and read for hours about all the different dietitians that you interviewed and i think that messaging of people just don't know what we do and we have to keep putting it out there Right. When I even, I think one of the questions is like, how would you explain what you do? Because when you say I'm a dietitian, people automatically have certain thoughts. And I always hear because the word diet is in there, people assume weight loss or people assume you work in a hospital or whatever it might be. But um, yeah, like why did people get into the profession? What are they passionate about? What do their day-to-day tasks look like? Like it's amazing to see similarities, but also some of the very unique differences And I think someone even told me when they 
sent me their answers, they said that it was therapeutic. Was there anything else I wanted to know about them? Like, so they had a lot of fun <laughs> answering it as well. Well, that's good. Well, that's good. And I think, I think when I answered, I was kind of, I kind of, I thought, oh, you know, I, I don't really, I've not really done a lot of great things, or I think maybe my dietitian path is kind of boring. But then when you start kind of, like you said, going through it, you're like, oh, wow, it's kind of therapeutic to realize how far you've come sure, for your career. Yes. Yeah. And if, I think there's people we think we know online and then they'll answer questions. Yes. They'll be like, oh, wow, that person works in oncology. I had no idea. Or um, right. the little, oh, they started out in such and such. Like it's, it is interesting to see the variety of different paths we've taken or the amount of things some people fit into their days or their weeks. Sure. Was that hard in the beginning getting people interested to contribute to your, to your project? It took a little while, I think, but I've had like one interview a week since September 2015. So I feel like I haven't had a lull. I guess last December, I decided to be offline for the month. So that was the first time that I didn't post. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, sometimes I track people down or I follow up like, hey, you said you're interested. Are you still interested? Um, but so far, I haven't had any problems. I have some people that will refer other people. Um, I've reached out to different groups to see if they have members. So, um, so far I've had no trouble getting people and um, people haven't been hesitant. I think it's sort of um, a way for them to toot their own horn. And as you know, yeah. we're not very good at doing that sort of thing for ourselves. So, um, so far, no, no problems. I know in this current um technological world like as you do there's podcasts and there's people doing all their live video and i'm just doing my little written interviews but um i do think it is like you said someone can sit down and they can search and they can go back through it and they can find uh, if they're looking for people who have been journalists or people who work in pediatrics like you can search and find what you're looking for if you just need a study break or something, um, it's yes. a quick thing to flip through. And, um, and most people have provided either email addresses or social media handles. So then it's an opportunity to reach out to that person and ask them for more details or connect or find someone um, to get more information on what you're interested in too. Absolutely. Was there anybody that like you, have you also used it for your own personal, like, oh, I think I might want to do that as a dietitian, maybe in my future. Have you kind of came across some things that you've been interested in? There have definitely been things that um, pique my interest right now. I feel like I don't, I'm completely open to what the next phase looks like. But mm -hmm. um, I, in the world of private practice, I feel like I have seen more people go from the one-on-one -on -one to sort of starting to realize, okay, if I am my product, how can I have something that allows me to go on vacation and do those sorts of things? So seeing the people that are um, creating courses or that have membership groups or authors, like some of those um, actual products that people put out there, I think that intrigues me slightly. I don't know what kind of product I would ever consider making, but um, the physical things that people have created definitely are of interest to me in terms of what private practice dietitians are doing. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I mean, it's crazy how much has evolved. I've been a dietitian for, oh my gosh, 18 years and things like that didn't even exist when I began being a dietitian. So I find that to be very inspiring to see people working hard to make great things out there as dietitians. Well, and it's the whole world of now, not only am I finding people that say that they counsel and coach the general population, but they are a 
counselor or coach for dietitians who want to be entrepreneurs. Like that's a whole new niche for sure of I'm like, we help dietitians sell their products or we help dietitians get into mm-hmm. private practice or, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely changed. And I'm, I don't know where that will be. That is my sort of one. I tried to have a tricky question was like in, in five <laughs> years, where do you see the profession? And it's in, always interesting to see what people will respond to that one sort of as a, where are we headed kind of thing? Yeah, that's, I think that's kind of my favorite one to read. Cause I, I don't know if I just, it's hard for me to see in five years. <laughs> Maybe that's Absolutely. my problem. <laughs> oh, that's such a great answer. I'm like, Ooh, I like that one. And Maybe those predictions will come true. I don't know, but yeah, it's very interesting. I love reading. And I, you know what? I think my favorite part about your series is that it's not, you know, it's not a 10 page, huge, exhausting document. It's very like a, it reads like a magazine article. So it's very like bulleted and it's just like great information that people can get really fast. Right. And I mean, there are some people who definitely, um, go into more detail than others, but it was always meant to just be a quick sort of read through. And, um, I sort of, I think there's seven mandatory questions and I put in some optional ones. So sometimes you do get a little bit of extra information from the people who want to add some, but, uh, yeah, it's that quick glimpse, but it might be something you totally didn't know or something new about that person. And, um, yeah, I love when people are saying like that they look forward to reading it or such and such, um, really pique their interest uh, because I I do think part of the whole reason is to inspire dietitians to what is possible within the profession because I, I didn't know coming from a small city in Canada what was possible for myself. So I feel like there's lots of people out there too that maybe think they want to work in a certain area, but they don't even know what could be happening while they're doing that or what unique trainings or courses they could take to get there and that sort of thing. I 100% agree. And I think as being an intern, you just get so tunnel visioned on, oh, there's clinical, oh, there's community, oh, there's food service. And you really don't get a very good eye opener to a lot of the other cool things that are possible. So I think it's a great thing for sure for interns and students to definitely read this. Yeah. And I was actually surprised at how many people will be like, you don't just have to go into clinical because I never felt like that was what we were we were told like, and I was just like, Oh, that must be a real big sell in a lot of internships. Cause that has come up a couple of times, but um, I mean, there's definitely a need for that. And that I feel like is potentially an area where dietitians maybe get the respect they deserve because they're doing tube feeds and they're doing, you know, unique calculations and such. But um, I've kind of been surprised by that one because I never felt like I had to be a clinical dietitian. I tried to be open to it in case it felt like the right fit, but it's an interesting one that I've read about a couple of times now. <laughs> interesting. That's, that's interesting to know from a, you know, like a Canadian perspective, maybe versus a United States perspective, because I think probably you hear more of it from the United States dietitians. Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's interesting too, how just for your own kind of different journey of how you've kind of, you went through your journey as a dietitian, you kind of just have rolled into things that really have worked for you and that you found worked with your life. And I love that you were like, I never thought I would have done this, but I totally was like, yes, I'll do this. And was that scary for you to, to, you know, go from, oh, I'm going to do one-on-one to speaking in front of groups of people. Like, how did you transition that way? I don't remember exactly the transition, but again, I know that 
in high school, if you would have made me do public speaking or asked if I enjoyed it, it would have been very low on things that I felt I could confidently <laughs> do. Um, I think because I was an athlete, that helped give me some confidence in that, like, hey, I've been there. I've done this. I've applied these sorts of things because I've been fortunate. I'm a healthy person. I don't have allergies or intolerances. So I can, like, the world of food is open to me. So to um, relate to a person on a certain level in terms of chronic disease and such, I, I'm fortunate that that's not me, but on sport, I felt like, uh, I mean, legitimately, I felt like I had a certain level of respect because I could say, Hey, I did this. This is why you should listen to what I have to say kind of thing. Um, and I think the public speaking thing just took practice, like, um, doing it again and again and realizing that I could do it. Um, I still don't think it's like, I'm still an introvert who can do public speaking, but it's not something that <laughs> energizes me. Like it, it's um, not a strength, but something I worked towards. And even like I did media appearances and things. And I mean, those are short little clips and such, but um, they were things that I would always get nervous about, or I would always over-prepare for things. I mean, that's my personality in general, but um, it would sort of be like, Oh, it's done. Okay. And yet I see yeah. like, it's a very important role for dietitians to be out there, to be seen, to be doing these sorts of things. And I think for a lot of people, they love it. And I think I had to work at it. So um, mm -hmm. I think it was just learning as an entrepreneur to just try to challenge myself. And that eventually it, it's that hard belief. And you hear it all the time. Like when you say no, eventually the things you want to do will happen. And it did sort of like it's, yes, you have to pay bills. Yes. You feel like you have to make money, but, um, I think if you're willing to focus on what is the right fit for you, that it does eventually sort itself out or it did for me. So maybe I was lucky that it worked out that way. Well, that's why I kind of feel like maybe this, the, your, what Artie's do project kind of came from like doing things that you weren't quite sure about, or you didn't quite know about, but therefore you did them. And then now you're, you kind of are helping share that message of other dietitians who maybe didn't know what they were doing, kind of fell into this, kind of did that. And I think, I don't know, I feel like that's the connection I've made with you that that's after we've been talking for a little while, that's maybe how this all kind of came to fruition. Yeah. It like, like it, my personality is likely behind all of that. And I know, um, because I did do some commodity or branded stuff, I feel like there's a special place in me that wants to share the people who have stories of working in industry because you hear so much noise around like what dietitians work for X company and, or people being like, yeah, they do. Because if we're not, who's there advising? And, um, I mean, it's, it's a tricky world of sponsorships and branded posts and things. And everyone needs to, you know, decide for themselves what makes sense and what is ethical and all that sort of thing. But I do really enjoy sharing some of those stories because when I was a grad, I didn't even think like, Hey, you can work for General Mills. You can work for Kellogg's like that. Yeah. Those were even possible things. So yeah, I, I definitely, like I said, I think it's a little bit selfish because I enjoy reading them and it's, it's kind of is a, a database for myself, but that other people get to hopefully enjoy and learn from too. Absolutely. You never knew that you were going to work for must. What was it? What kind of mustard was it? Saskatchewan mustard. We grow, uh, yeah, like a lot of the world's mustard. Like if you could, you could be in Europe buying your, your yellow mustard and chances are those seeds were grown in Saskatchewan where I'm from, which I had no idea before I started working with them that we were such a big mustard producer. 
Oh my gosh, that's really interesting. See, you just never know, right? You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, I think really truly I am so glad that we we've, we've connected because we are like on the same team and I love that about all that you're doing to help promote dietitians and just the place that you come from, I think now knowing more about you just makes it even more valuable and more personal. Well, thank you. And I, I totally appreciate what you're doing because I feel like anything we can do to advocate for the profession, to let people hear our stories, to help people understand that we love food or different things like that, like we're humans, um, that it's all helpful, I think, in the long term. And hopefully we see positive things come from all of it. And um, yeah, I definitely appreciate what you're doing for storytelling as well. Oh, thank you. Well, we have to just keep everybody, we got to keep everybody like happy with each other. And so we're not fighting against each other as well. Like I love when you mentioned like, Hey, there's plenty of work for everyone. There's, we can all support each other. That's such a good message too. Yes. And that one, I don't know which question of mine, it might even be in the, where do you see the profession? But a couple of people have answered like, sort of in terms of like, can't we all just get along? Like, I know that (laughs) there's different ways of interpreting science and there's different ways of applying it. But it was sort of like, I think you have said that, like, we're all on the same team, you know, like, yeah, yeah, there's not one way to become a dietitian. There's not one way to be a dietitian. Again, we need to be evidence-based, but how we practically apply that could look very different. I still remember one of my professors talking about, like, they're like, this is an art and a science because you have to do something with this knowledge. So how it's actually put into practice, that's the art. And I was just sort of like, Oh, I've never even thought of it that way. And um, yeah, there's, we know that there's no one right way to be healthy. And yeah, I agree. I hope we can all support each other and continue to do that. Well, we'll have to reconnect in like five years, maybe five (laughs) years from today. We'll have another podcast and we'll kind of see where things have gone, where you've gone, where I've gone and where, where we think this, this profession has gone. (laughs) Absolutely. And now that I've had this series for almost four years, I have to go back and look at what some of those people were initially saying almost five years ago and see what has, if anything has changed, I don't know, but right. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. That would be really, really interesting to relook at those. Yeah. Well, I, I will put, I will put, um, your, your link to your awesome, what Artie's do. And so people can go on there and connect. And I'll also put, um, if maybe if someone wants to share their, their question or their answers with you too, for your upcoming feature that they can reach out to you as well. Absolutely. That'd be great. Thank you. Okay. And I have some hard questions for you. I always end with my hard questions. Uh, why don't you share with me some foods that you enjoy? Um, so I feel like it's perhaps because it's what my daughter says, but um, she would like, if you ask her and I don't know why, but she'll say meat, cheese and candy. And that's not exactly what I would say, but um, I do enjoy good cheeses for sure. Um, we live in San Francisco, so we really love the fresh bread we can get here. Um, but I, I love fresh berries. Um, like I'm definitely a fruit person. I feel like I enjoy most foods, but, um, give me some good berries some cheese, like sort of a charcuterie thing, maybe. Um, yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) Meat, candy. I, (laughs) that doesn't sound so bad. I could totally, I could totally hang out with your daughter. (laughs) Well, and she's, she's the kid that still has Halloween candy. So I don't know why, like, 
she yes she enjoys sweets but again within my, like we're trying to teach the whole all things can fit so it's funny when the dietitian's kid says meat cheese and candy are her favorite foods <laughs> amazing do you have favorite beverages um as of late probably like i i enjoy bubbly water there's something about some carbonation that just makes water fancier, tastier to me. Um, and I've become a coffee drinker. I don't know if that's a mom thing for me. Cause I definitely, I didn't drink coffee through college. Like I feel like that's when a lot of people I know started. Um, but I even will sometimes drink decaf because I've started to enjoy it. Um, and then again, I feel fortunate where I live that we're in wine country. So, um, I definitely enjoy some red wine here and there too. That, to go with your charcuterie plate. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You, you're on to me. <laughs> yes, I like it. Um, do you have a favorite scent or a smell? Um, I'm, I feel like I'm sort of one of those sensitive people. Like I'm not a real big perfumey person. Um, being somewhere that I can now enjoy being outdoors year round because I come from somewhere where winters are very cold. Um, I feel mm. like the scent of jasmine often will just perk me up when we're out walking around. Um, but I do enjoy, you know, the silly things like the smell of fresh laundry or the smell after it rains. Oh, yeah. It's just fresh outdoors kind of comforting things to me. Have you liked the move to San Francisco? Do you like the climate and, you know, being out of the cold? I definitely love the weather and our daughter is the only one who says she misses snow because our son hasn't seen oh. snow yet, which I think is really weird. I'm like, you're a Canadian kid who's never seen snow. Um, and we don't have to go far. Like we can go to Northern California and show him snow. We just yeah. haven't done that yet. But um, even if I'm having a bad day or something, I feel like I'm just like, at least the weather's good. So we definitely enjoy the climate. And um, it, I mean, we get lots of rain and we don't get super hot temperatures, but I'm not a real super hot person. And I don't mind snow, but I can do without the really, really cold days. So, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good. You found a good, happy medium then. Yes, I think so. <laughs> do you have a favorite color or colors? I feel like my favorite color answer has been blue for so long. And I don't even know, like, I do like blues, but I don't know. Again, probably because my kid asks me and I say blue. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I, I do like, like, navy and things like that, but it's in terms of like what I would wear. It's probably mostly neutrals. Like I wear a lot of blacks and grays and um, pretty boring, plain things, but I do enjoy a lot of um, colors. We talk about colors often because our daughter loves pink. So she is in pink Ooh. almost all the time. Yeah. Like I said, I said, strangers can see you and know that pink is your favorite color. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's great. You know, I was, when I was little, I loved pink, but now I'm like you as an adult, I'm gray, white, black. I don't wear a lot of color, but I love them. I'm the same way. Well, and I, I really right. enjoy the whole like minimalist lo looks and stuff like that. And I'm always like, but it's all white. Like, you can I can just have less stuff and it can still be colorful. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. It's true. It doesn't have to be less colorful just because it's minimalist. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I think. So, <laughs> and what brings you joy in life? I do think being outdoors definitely like for myself, for my kids. Like if if we're having a bad day or something's just not going right, we just get outside as quick as we can. I think some fresh air, being near nature. Um, my kids are still young enough that they're snuggles. Um, and I know mm. they're going to outgrow them. So I try to cherish some of those little moments, but I'm also 
full-time momming. So my moments where I get to be just me, I, I think those bring me joy and are good for me too, for sure. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Well, I have absolutely loved our conversation. I know that I will be always an avid reader of what Artie's do, and I hope everyone else is as well. And thank you so much for sharing, Seth. Well, thank you. I'm not one to talk much about myself. So it was a good challenge for me today. <laughs> it was my therapy for it was therapeutic, hopefully for you. Yes. Thank you very much. And it gave me some alone time. So well, good. well again, five years from today, we're going to reconnect and we will rechat and see how things are. Sounds good. If you are not familiar with Steph's series, please go to her website to read more. I swear you will find yourself just reading one more and one more after that. It is also a great way to introduce yourself to registered dietitians you don't know and might want to get to know. You can find the link to her website in the show notes or go to whatartiesdo.com. My website, annelizabethardy.com, is where you can read my latest Embrace the Hell Yeah blog post, as well as all my previous podcasts, show notes, and links to things we talked about during all my conversations with these great nutrition experts. My book is also available to purchase on my website. There is now 15 CEUs approved for self-study through the CDR, which you can purchase on the website too. I hope we can connect more on social media by finding me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at AnnaElizabethRD. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.